1: I wonder if we can pet him. Hi, boy. Can we touch him? No, don't. Help me. Help. Help. Good morning, good morning. Professor Ward Scott here in the Manly Ward Hall Man Cave in the Piney Woods of North Central Florida, by golly. And uh, we're in the Mellon Law Studio, of course, the only official law firm partner of the University of Florida Gators, a full uh, service legal firm protected by crime prevention, twenty four seven three sixty five, 365 locally owned. Randy Elred and John Pastore. And, of course, sponsored by the great sponsors you see scrolling across the screen and helped out now and then by some of you wonderful donators who help us with production costs and things and whatever. Um, we are here with Ted today, and Ted is en route. Uh, back home from his mountain retreat in Georgia with his wife driving. And I think he's riding in a seat. He's literally a backseat driver. And um, That's right. and uh, we're going to try this arrangement. He's north of Atlanta. And uh, a couple times during our rehearsal here, before we went live, while we broke up a little bit. So uh, we'll play it by ear here and see how it goes. Uh, if we do have some breakup, I think we'll still try to stay with audio and visual unless it gets too broken up and then we'll switch over to the phone line. So we'll play that by ear. But anyway, we'll try at, it. We'll try it Got the chat line open and uh, anything you got on your mind, we'll start talking about uh, I'm passing along to Ted, who is always uh, willing and able to uh, share his ideas as I am with you about where we are locally, nationally, it's statewide, right, huh? all the above. Uh, good morning, Matt Cannon, just saying hello. John Dole, saying some people. Uh, Brenda Dole right, checking on here. So um, Ted's headed back home, headed back to Florida. And um, I guess Florida is going to be, is it not, played against California repeatedly politically. I see this strategy, uh, Ted, where they're trying to line up Newsom as the counterweight to DeSantis and run down Florida at all in case Uncle Joe buffles, and everybody's afraid of Kamala Harris, my God, actually becoming the president. Can anybody imagine it? She's got the lowest vice presidential ratings in the history of vice presidents. Yeah,
0: I think she's lower than Spiro Agnew, uh, who who got forced out of office. And um, I don't know if that clip, I'm sure you saw that clip of her talking about tomorrow is today's yesterday or tomorrow's tomorrow and we're here tomorrow at today. And if that's, if that is a real, uh, a real video, uh, man, we're in trouble if she gets into that position, we're in trouble now with her being number two and, um, Gavin Newsom would be more articulate, but his policies are so dangerous. Uh, all you have to do is look at what's gone on in California and, uh, you know, I don't think anybody in mind. I don't even think the progressives want that to happen here, other than their goal of collapsing America.
1: Well, it's uh, so transparent, but, you know, the country is so divided. I don't know if anybody, the needle moves with anybody. Uh, is there any possibility, as you hear your ear to the ground, that we may actually have some independent jump into this race? Maybe. Yeah.
0: I think that's real. I think that's real true. Uh, I think that's possible or dark horse showing up in the Republican um, primary.
1: Well, I don't know that the Democrats have anybody in the wings other than Newsom. That's the one they're obviously preparing for in my book anyway. Um, Yeah, I
0: think they're grooming him. I think you'll see him get a nomination or he'll get into the race. Um, It would be a good time for him, for him personally. And uh, I think that would really take it away from Joe Biden, for sure.
1: How does Congress look for you from your connections? You've been uh, obviously in touch with people there. Uh, uh, this this whole business of, uh, of, as we've talked about before, opening yet another inquisition, if you will, or investigation. It seems like it's pretty clear that there's a double standard here for Hunter Biden and Department of Justice, but oh, well, so what, right? The beat goes
0: on? Well, it does. But I think the American people are tired of that double standard, you know, and it's it, it has been driven home so much with what, what Trump went through. If you, if you just look at the classified documents that they rated him and how they rated him and how this was one of the worst security breaches in our country's history, Yet when they found all this stuff with Biden at his house and, you know, in his garage and these other things that's been going on since he was a senator and um, they just kind of sweep that under the rug. So right there is a double standard. How they went after Donald Trump with uh, the Russian hoax and the tax evasion and all this stuff and and, uh, the different affairs he had. Contrast that to Hunter Biden. You know, they were relentless going after Trump. But with Hunter, it's like, eh, you know, we'll do a plea deal. And I, we talked about this last week. I think anybody other than Hunter Biden that did what he did would not get a plea deal with no jail time. And so the double standard is there. It's in your face. And I think the American people are fed up with that. And the other thing is just they the people I talked to, and I'm sure it's the same one you talked to and your listeners, they Get back to some form of normality. Um, They want to get away from this wokeism. That's not America. That's not what we were founded on. That's not what people want in their lives. And um, you know the the whole thing with the LGBTQ or wokeism or whatever it is, we can tolerate that. We can accept it, but don't push it in our face and attack us if we don't accept it. You know, and um, I think the American people are tired of that. Uh, They want to get back to rule of law and applies to everybody.
1: Well, you certainly wonder about that because um, the media gets in there and muddies the water and distracts and writes a narrative that clearly distorts or plays down or just doesn't write about things that uh, are written about with the other individuals that are not on their acceptable list, if you will. And I don't know, other than what we're doing, podcasting and chipping away at uh, uh, listeners' ears, um, the media is going to change much. I mean, they they uh, have got a formula. Or, or I'm not sure what the problem is, except it is, once again, corporations. And I got a story here I'm sure you're aware of uh, that the Wall Street Journal did. And the title of this is that Ford government is now job one. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with this, Ted, but it's an opinion page, uh, article. And It opens with, uh, remember when Ford's slogan was, quality is job one. Um, Now, though, the the slogan is, pleasing the government is job one uh, because of the taxpayer subsidies or the government mandated electric vehicle transition. This, to me, is a huge issue that I have heard DeSantis take on by saying, hey, the first thing we're going to do is open up that pipeline. Um, that I would like to see more of the discussion about because um, the energy department has awarded Ford a $9.2 billion loan for three battery plants in the South, which ranks as the biggest investment quote in in the loan programs, 20 year history. And uh, right. this is, uh, this is the way government to me, this let's talk about this for a while because this government marriage, if you will, or partnership, or really it's almost criminal, strong arming, corporations for political um, favors, if you will, is all through the whole country.
0: Oh, it is. And I've it, got a good friend of mine, Steve King, who is uh, a congressman from Iowa that served honorably for 16 to 18 years. And uh, the Republican machine went after him because he dared challenge him on certain things. And uh, he just wrote an article about the CO2 pipeline that's going to traverse about 2,000 miles of different states in the prime farming area to pump CO2 underground for carbon mitigation for carbon credits. And it's in the billions of dollars. I think it comes out to about $16 billion between the three companies. There's very few players, one of them being Larry Pink, uh Governor Branstad. Um, he's part of that, ex-governor of Iowa. And it's all taxpayer subsidized. Uh, $16 billion of pumping CO2 underground. For climate, education. and I would challenge, well, and I think you brought up a good point. When when you triage the problems that America is facing, you know our debt, China, our border, um, you know you can look at our educational system. When you when you triage that, where is climate? And I know some people, it's going to be at the top of the list, but I think the majority of Americans, it's going to be probably 20, 30, you know, down there. We're all concerned about the climate. We want that. And so we're spending billions and billions of dollars just here at home on the CO2 mitigation on these pipelines. And it's okay to run those pipelines because you're getting rid of carbon versus fuel that brings in fuel and uh, energy security to our nation, Decreases prices. And you are just talking about the price of a roll of hay that our uh, friends, the farmers, uh, I don't want to mention their name, uh, how the price of that has doubled in the last five years. And that's because of the price of diesel. And, um, you know, it's all government subsidies for the CO2 thing. So I think those things need to be addressed. And I think any of the candidates um, that really want to have a viable chance of being elected should turn the message to. What's going on? I mean, you know, economy, our debt, and then China, 90 miles off the coast of Florida. And I'm not hearing anybody talking about that. That's a pretty scary thought right there.
1: And, you know, this whole whole climate change investment uh, is forcing uh, is not going over well. In the first three months of this year, uh, the uh, investments, if you will, if you want to call it that, right, the electric vehicle uh, posted a negative 102% operating margin. So that means the loss exceeded the sales revenue. And um, here's the other thing that really irks me. Probably you'd agree that the most popular pickup truck has been the Ford F-150. Uh, it's been a wonderful truck. Right. And um, that vehicle sale is subsidizing the losses of the EVs and driving up the price of the F-150s, Ted, and I don't know if you check lately, the price of automobiles. I don't know how in the world anybody can afford an automobile. We're talking about just an automobile, fifty thousand dollars I mean, what are we talking about? Um, so the Biden's administration, this to me, somehow someone with some brains needs to put this out for the people to, to think about. Um,
0: well, that would exclude the Biden administration. <laughs> well, sure
1: it would. I mean, sure it would. And um, you know, these depart these loans. The other part of this, it has to be Ted. Is it just results in more printing of money, which then drives the speculative credit credit ratings and um, inflation? I mean, come on! I mean, all this and this is a simple part about this. It's all done for political expediency for power not for the good of the people
0: no they'll argue that's good for the people because it's good for the climate they're saving the climate but you know truth and reality i think the american people the majority of them have have common sense to say yeah the climate it may be changing but you know if we can't fix homelessness as a government you can't fix the climate And um, I think going back to your original premise or your question was the government is getting involved with this with corporations and they're picking winners and losers. And this goes back to the ESG um, uh, fanfare that's come out and it's mainly being pushed by these corporations and the World Economic Forum, which is a globalist uh, organization. And so they're getting in bed with government to push these government subsidies that are American taxpayers money going to these, uh, the EVs going to the carbon credits for the CO2 being pumped under underground. And, um, it's a false economy. It's almost like Bitcoin. You know, there is no value in a carbon credit because the corporation that uses that to offset the, the pollution they're doing with carbon, they're buying a carbon credit, but they don't, it hasn't changed the amount of pollution they're doing. So it's like, hey, we bought all these carbon credits. We're a green company. But on the other side, they're producing all the CO2. So it's, it's, it's kind of a fallacy. But there's going to be a lot of money transferred from the American taxpayers. And it's going to be a transference to wealth. And a lot of that money is going to go to undeveloped foreign governments um, that are they don't really care about climate change.
1: Well, as Plantation Mark points out right now, the average monthly cost of a new truck is over a thousand bucks. I don't know how you can make those numbers work and be in I don't the... I do either. ...in the rural society. It just won't work. And he points out that uh, Virginia threw out a battery company and gave it to Michigan, and the article covers that. Michigan has offered Ford $1.7 billion in incentives for a collaboration, quote-unquote, with China's state battery outfit. And... Um, Ford is allowed to pocket the IRA manufacturing tax credits, which shave a, a third off the cost of battery production. All this is so, unless the our listeners are pretty sophisticated. If you do the demographics on who listens to us and all, uh, they're older. They got more life under the, their belt and they're bought in more because it means more to them. Um, but where are we going to reach the ones that are neophytes, if you will? And uh, assume everything is clicking along because they're instant gratification or the phone works or, you know, they uh, you know, it's really one of the dead spots that um, exists. that I think the Democrats are doing a better job of harvesting than the Republicans are.
0: Sure. Um, You you look at, you know, the decrease in people uh, with religious affiliations, that's gone down. That's been a war that's been going on for 20, 30 years from the Democratic Party or the the Marxists that are there now to uh, weaken the culture and the traditions like you and I have talked about. Just like that story before you went on air about your camp, the network of community solved a problem, whereas the Democrats, they want the government to be the solution of the problem. And that's the difference between Republicans and Democrats. Republicans believe in you know, the value of working together to power the person, the Democrats believe that the government is the one that has the power for the benefit of the system, uh, citizens. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's a dichotomy and people have to decide And the, the youth of today, they've had a very easy life compared to, you know, the, the, the our, our young men and women that went into Vietnam or, the Korean War, World War II, those generations, they had to put their life on the line for this country. Since Iraq and Afghanistan, this group of of young people, they haven't really had that kind of uh, existential threat. And so you you tend to become complacent, especially in a well-developed country like ours. And um, you just don't appreciate the value of what we have as far as freedom and liberty.
1: And, you know, the other component of this, and you can imagine this would figure right into the Democrat playbook, is the uh, incorporation into this of the unions. Um, right. The, uh, the, the Ford has agreed to a union neutrality agreement at the battery factories, and that'll make it easier for United Auto Workers to organize workers. And, of course, right. those workers are going to be Democrat voters. Um, sure. yeah, hey, boy, it's, it's a mess, man and this is a very very good it came out today in the in the in the journal um i printed it off for our discussion um uh the only one i maybe get some comments on this um joe manchin uh the senator he seems to be you know well he plays both sides i guess you could say right and he claims he's doing it for west virginia um i don't know he doesn't seem to be Really, an honest weather vane, if you know what I mean. He's he just is a uh, changes. I mean, I've got a weather vane down here in the front pasture, um, and I watch it swirl 360, you know. And you know, when the wind's one way, it's blowing, and then the other way, bam, it's the other. Uh, that's Joe. Manchin. It
0: doesn't look like Bill Clinton, does it? Because he was always spinning <laughs> with the wind. Um, I know, I know you don't have that out there, but no, yeah, I, no, I agree dude. with you. I'm mansion you know, and he's been burned by the uh, democratic party so many times, but yet he stays with them. Um, you know, that party has, has left the blue blue dog Democrats. And it makes you wonder why would somebody stay in there like that? You know, you see Kristen Cinnamon, she left and, um, you know, other people like Tulsi Gabbard, she left the democratic party because they saw it was way off base. And so that, that's what bothers me about, um, uh, mansion. And, um, You know, Gavin Newsom, we know where he is. So let's hope he doesn't even see the light of day when it comes to president.
1: Well, it looks as if, too, from these polls, that uh, maybe we can talk. We got 10 minutes more before the break. Um, Everybody's, I think, somehow concerned that Trump is going to bring trouble wherever he goes, of course. But he's the only one. Right now, according to the polls and the people who buy into him from the Republican base, who is committed to taking on the system and the system proves his point by taking him on. That's really kind of interesting.
0: Yeah, you know, he is. He's making the most noise. He's getting the most attention. But he he learned you can't take the system on by yourself if you're smart. You're going to be supporting candidates that, number one, you have to articulate a vision of where you want this country to go. Second is you've got to promote those candidates that are going to support that and get elected. And then um, you've got to move in with a team. And it'll probably take you two election cycles on the congressional side to get enough people in there to have a supermajority in the House and then do what you can to get a supermajority in the Senate. And then stop and then start unraveling this nonsense that the Democrats have done with the uh, John Lewis uh, Civil Rights Voting Act or the Nancy Pelosi HR1, um, uh, the People's Choice Act. Change the election law back to where they should be, get rid of these extended um, days for mail in ballots and all those things. Those are the things that need to be unraveled. You know, everybody talks about we're going to get our debt under control. But if you don't bring in a team that can bring you the legislation that you can sign into law, it, you can say whatever you want. It's just campaign rhetoric. I've heard DeSantis and uh, uh, Trump both say they're going to get rid of birthright citizenship. You can't do that unless you have that support to do that. And thats I think that's something that should be gone away with is birthright citizenship. We're the only developed country in the world that does that. And, um, and, and incidentally, we're the developed country that does the mail-in ballots, mail-in voting. Uh, we need to get away with that stuff and do elections on, on Election Day, make it a federal holiday. Or, it doesn't even need to be that. Just people should vote on the day they're supposed to vote and then get rid of this nonsense.
1: And you know what uh, voting elongation, I call it, does to campaign funding. It just makes sure. you have to get more money because you can't target effectively what you want to say at particular junctures of the cycle because the cycle is so extended. And uh, you know how that works. And they're always complaining about the amount of money it takes to campaign. Well, we'll shorten up the voting period then, and you won't have to have as much money. Um, That doesn't enter this conversation. You know, one of the other things that's going on right now and I don't know if you're up on it or not, but I'm, I'm not really up on it. But I am very, very much aware of gerrymandering as an issue. And, yeah. you know, if Republicans are accused of gerrymandering, the media treats it as a big deal. If sure. the Democrats do it, they don't even write about it. OK,
0: that's a double standard again. And, and the media is so complicit in supporting the Democratic Marxist agenda. I mean, it, it's it's a travesty to this nation. You know, the the truth in reporting and news is not there anymore.
1: And what's happening in this one that's just come down from the Supreme Court is, um, GOP I read that lawmakers, one.
0: huh? I read that one in North Carolina.
1: And one in North Carolina, yeah, and, and uh, Louisiana, and Louisiana, and you know. Whenever I think of gerrymandering, I can't think of a better example than Corrine Brown.
0: <laughs> uh, that is like the, the poster child for gerrymandering districts.
1: That is the poster I mean, child. Man, district. I'll wait till you come back because you're frozen I, there. Okay. I, yeah, what would you say? You were frozen for a second.
0: They, but she had... She, Areas of her district that were a half a street wide, um, just to carve out around certain areas, and it just it was ridiculous.
1: You know, here I don't know if you you know this because you don't, and then you know, of course you you know Gainesville, but do you realize that Colleen Brown's name is still on the regional transit building in Gainesville after? Sure, why not? The advisory committee. Unanim- the Regional Transit Citizens Advisory Committee, which is diverse. I, I checked out the, con- the composition. Unanimously voted to take it down.
0: They voted to take it, it down unanimously?
1: Yeah, they, the advisory to the, region, to the city commission.
0: And it's still there.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, the city commission, if they don't get what they want, here's the thing. And I told some of the people on the advisory why the hell would you be on an advisory committee? Take your time to go down and that committee meets in the most awkward place down there where the old jail used to be. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. Why would you take your time out of your life to go down there and act and see if they're going to listen to you? And you know, it's, it's, nobody writes about that. Nobody talks about it. So I advise the people, get off the committee. They obviously don't care about you. And if you tell them something they don't want to hear, they ain't going to hear it. But that's no, they're
0: not going to do it. No,
1: that's the prime example that I can think of, of gerrymandering. And it was all done. Democrat black and right. the district looked like a dog's leg, a dog's hind leg. If you ever looked at it, it sure did. Didn't it? Yeah. A
0: crooked, a crooked dog's leg, a,
1: a crooked dog's hind leg. So, yeah. oh, God, uh, but uh, supposedly. You know, this, This uh, I'm sure you said you read this article, uh, what the Supreme Court did with the sixth degree majority is they muddied, rather than clear up, they muddied the definition, an understanding of what a gerrymandered district is.
0: Right. <laughs> you know, I'm glad they weighed in on that. I think it was disappointing that we had three justices, uh, conservative justices side with the, uh, the yeah. Democrats on that. That's, going to favor the democrats but they did say that the only thing they wanted to weigh in on was the um length of time i think it was for um, mail in ballots wasn't it
1: i think so yeah. yeah
0: yeah but again those are the things that the republicans should be going after because those are the things that are going to make a difference in the next elections granted we only have one half of one third of the uh, of the government and um Actually, we've got two-thirds because of the conservative Supreme Court, although that ruling uh, didn't turn out the way we wanted it to. We can live with that, but the the Republicans should be going after these election laws that um, the Supreme Court says on federal elections, they have more jurisdiction over it. Uh, On state level, it falls to the state, and this is something I would wish All the Republican-led state houses and even in our chamber in the U.S. Congress would go in there and challenge these election laws. And it's like I said before, just go after it and um, get them tied up in court, uh, cut funding to the appropriate agencies you know, because they have the ability to do that. Although you do have Kevin McCarthy there that probably would not support that because he passed that bill with the majority of the Democrats. Um, which is just a, a, another travesty. And, you know, uh, that's why the American people get so fed up with the Republicans because they have the ability to leave, but they don't have the leader to leave.
1: Tom and Ted Yoho, who is in transit home from his mountain home where he didn't want to go. I can tell you that right now. He sent, uh, Leave. I mean, he, he sent me some pictures of uh, some great.
0: Those are pretty pictures, aren't they? <laughs>
1: yeah, those that's, that's, that's pretty stuff. So, yeah, uh, we're doing okay. He's in route. Uh, he's the uh, backseat commentator with his driver up front. So <laughs> back,
0: Backseat driver.
1: Doing a great job. So uh, we'll be back after a break for the weather. And uh, if you any questions, I'm looking at the chat line. Uh, we'll certainly uh, take up a discussion if you have an issue online. We'll be right back on the Ward Scott Files. Melvin law the only official injury partner of the florida gators award scott files gold sponsors are lewis oil company shoot gtr on the spot dry cleaners r construction and style cuts if you are interested in promoting your business on the show you can visit our website www.awardscottfiles.com
0: Hello, boy. I wonder if we can pat him. Hi, boy.
1: Can we touch him? No, thanks. Help me! Help! Help! Welcome back to Ward Scott Files. Right now, we got Ted Yahoo in route on the southern side of Atlanta as we speak. We're going to pick up a theme that uh, when we come back with Ted that he noticed as he went under the overpasses in Atlanta. And that's going to be the homeless theme. So if you got anything you want to um, chime in on, let me see the chat line right now in the piney woods of uh, north central Florida. We are going to have a hot one today, 96 degrees. And then they have a heat index. And I've never been able to figure out what that is but it's combining all the, they call it a misery index. I think it'll be 97 degrees. So, um, mis- you'll be miserable today. If you're outside, govern- yourself. Flag. Yeah, <laughs> govern yourself accordingly. Um, and, uh, maybe we'll get a thunder boomer to break it up, but we're not as bad as the central South part of the United uh. States, which I reported on yesterday. It have been breaking records like crazy there. And, um, uh, The uh, temperatures, let me just grab a few of them here, 115. First uh, in McAllen, Texas, city recorded its first 100 degree. they have had now um, several 15 15 days in a row of over 100 degrees. Um, Global warming? Oh, my God. Don't tell me so. It's all due to a heat dome, uh, which is an atmospheric condition, as I understand it. That's stuck in place over Texas. Um, So there you are. And it's going to be a hot one. We're talking now as Ted was being driven very, very well by his wife. Bless her for that. Uh, Through Atlanta, he looked out and he saw, guess what you see now in America? The homeless and the hungry, as Rodney Long calls them, living under these overpasses. You know, I think we have a law or an ordinance or something about that here in Gainesville outlawing it. But of course, guess what, Ted? It's never enforced. It's probably impossible to enforce. Would you not think? I mean, but meanwhile, uh, Wall Street has now begun to bet against America's downtowns. And, um, you know... I'm a little older than Ted, so I can remember um, Gainesville before there was an interstate. Thanks for noticing. <laughs> <laughs> There's a I can remember Gainesville before an interstate. And everything was in, quote downtown. And then interstate yeah. came and the, and the downtown ceased to exist. And about the only thing that fueled economy here were, of course, the students and their bars. And the only time they ever got involved politically was when there was an argument about when the bars would close. Uh, I don't know if you knew this, Ted, but, you know, if you pushed it to midnight, you'd have riots in the streets. Uh, If you pushed it to 4 a.m., you'd have a horrible situation for the businesses the next day to clean up in the gutters. Uh, Worth the compromise, they sort of settled on two. But as my good buddy Steve Spurrier said to his football team, nothing good happens after midnight. (laughs) So meanwhile... We've got this real problem with these downtowns. Um, and uh, you just said you saw all this uh, stuff living under there. Got any comments about uh, uh, how this ties into our themes today?
0: Well, I think it's a, it, it goes right into what's going on with society. You're having a breakdown of society. When did it become okay to live under the overpasses anywhere? I mean, people have always done that. But when you see it at the extent that we see it today, Uh, It shows you that there's a breakdown in society and we have all these social programs to deal with this stuff, but they're not being implemented or they're not being enforced like they should be. And it's kind of like what you see with the snatch and grabs and the shoplifting and all these stores leaving these areas because laws aren't being enforced. And if we're going to take money from the American taxpayers to put up homeless shelters, to put up counseling, to put up all these things, but we're not going to make people move into there. You're, you're just feeding a problem and you're going to grow that problem to be more of a problem until it becomes a crisis. And you've seen what happens in San Francisco and these other areas where people are leaving there because they're afraid of their life. They're afraid of the, the damage it's done to the economy, driving up prices. And um, until you get politicians in there that says, we're going to fix this situation, Certainly, we don't want to be like China and have education camps, but there, there should be pride in being in America and having your own self-worth and value and carrying your own weight. And we've lost that. And I don't know how you get that back other than it has to be a national movement and people have to buy into that, that we are going to do it. Sometimes it's like raising your children. You no, know, there's, Sometimes there's tough love that you've got to stand by. And you know, your children will benefit from that down the road. And I think it's the same thing with citizens, you know, but to allow people to live like that. And, you know, you've got these, the, the, these cities that give out the, the needle for drug users and they make oh, yeah. a safe place for drug users. You know, you're perpetuating a problem instead of um, decreasing that problem. And it wears on society overall.
1: Well, you know, um, the couple of figures here that are interesting. Um, Adjusted for inflation, cities have had the largest drop in both spending and revenue in almost 40 years uh, because of, I would have to say, just what you saw out of the window there. um, People just don't want to go downtown to them. You get mugged and complicated. We've turned it around now to where you've defunded the cops. You've made the cops the villains and the bad guys the good guys. And these people break into stores and clean them out with no uh, consequences. Um, it's, it's kind of I'm, I'm looking right here, too, at this uh, craziness of. Uh, I don't know how anybody makes any sense out of this, Ted. New York City telling the pizza people they got to cut their carbon emissions by seventy five percent and can't use any wood burning ovens. Look, at, to make pizza, I mean, are you serious? Oh yeah, they're telling the
0: that? pizza people. No. Oh yeah, New the, York City. The pizza has, people are creating too much uh, carbon, huh?
1: Yeah, New York City Golly. has told the pizza people who use coal or wood burning ovens to slice their carbon emissions by 75% or face healthy fines, okay?
0: That's our, I mean, there again, that's government dictating how you run your business and things like that. It's, it, it, it's out of control. It really is out of control. And there needs to be sanity brought back. And it's not going to be with the Democrats, I'm telling you. And, and probably a third of the Republicans are no better.
1: Well, it's going to cost a pizza business upwards of 20 grand to install an air filtration system. And, of course, the maintenance costs will come with that. Um, This is a mandate. Restaurants with coal and wood fired ovens must hire an engineer or architect. I mean, this stuff goes on in Gainesville. Don't get me wrong. Oh, it does. does. the, The Landlord Tenant Act is a state statute deal. But no, it's not good enough for gains. They got to come in and have landlord fees and all this crap. So let's see what we got here. Under the mandate, uh, they'll have to hire these and uh, they'll have to achieve a 75% reduction in particulate wow. emissions. Um, and if this cannot be achieved or the emission controls cannot be installed, It must identify any emission control that could provide at least 25 percent if they can get that uh, exception. But they're going to have to really pay to find out whether they can get it. Oh, boy.
0: You know, have they figured in the factor of all the people that have left New York and the amount of CO2 or whatever pollutant they're most concerned with, how much that's decreased? and leave the pizza people alone, you know, because then what happens to the mozzarella and, uh, and the pepperoni people and the mushroom people if uh, they're going to have to increase their fees too?
1: This is supposedly going to affect up to 100 restaurants. And uh, the who oh, I would
0: are, imagine, are, least, yeah.
1: are not very well organized. Um, they're going to try to find a grandfather clause and try to make the position. This is an unfound, unfounded mandate. Um, but that's New York. I, I swear. Um, and they, and, they, and pizza guys would say, you think you're going to change the environment with pizza ovens?
0: <laughs> huh? Yeah, 100 stores. Uh, yeah, how much influence, how much effect is that going to have? <laughs> it's just crazy. But there again, you look at what Newsom does out in California. I mean, did you see where they're going to start taxing the wealthy people more for their electricity because they can afford it and they're going to tax companies that are privately held energy companies versus public utilities? They're going to charge them more, or put a higher tax on their profits, uh, it's just insanity. And, and again, I think the best explanation of what's going on is Ayn Rand's book, Atlas Shrugged. It really is taking money from the producers and giving it to the takers. And uh, it's it's the foresight she had to ever think that we would get to that, but yet here we are. Or George Orwell's um,
1: 1984. And a poll shows that about 70% of people – are happy in California. I mean, why wouldn't you be? It's a beautiful place. But over 40% of them are thinking of leaving. Um, Yeah. That's why they're happy, because they're thinking about leaving. And yet, the media is going to try to stage this confrontation between Newsom and DeSantis. And I can already see in the media running DeSantis down Oh yeah, and cherry picking and things for Newsom to build him up. I, I, I don't know. I don't. Whatever happened to no, James- it
0: is. And though, and if that doesn't work, they'll blame Trump. They'll say it's Trump's Trump's fault. You know, I heard Janet Yellen the other day said the economy, um, the high inflation, and all that was all Trump's fault. You know, it was his fault. They inherited a bad situation, and uh, you know, it's just it's crazy. And of course, the media plays into that and supports that?
1: Well, they say the state's policies and laws don't even align with their political views. Uh, That the state is polarized. And uh, this is being fanned. The fames are being fanned, of course, by the the Newsom crowd. And um, (laughs) there you are. And that Newsom doesn't hear it, except that he did take a statement and say, well, we own the homeless thing. Well, so what? Does that mean he pay for it? Yeah, it does. That means he pays for it. I thought I'd throw that in there since you...
0: Uh, the, the Californians, they they pay for it. Government doesn't pay for it. It's the, their, their taxpayers and federal programs that are paying for that. They created it. They should own it. I mean, they have allowed that to that happen. And, um, you know, again, if you were to triage what's wrong with America? It would be our debt, it would be China, rule of law, education, our border, and, um, you know, let's work at those. Let's fix those things that we can fix. And, um, you know, to put these people in charge and saying they're going to fix some of these things outside of our control, like climate change, I think is ridiculous. But on the same note, that doesn't mean you don't do what you can to conserve your resources but it can't be done unilaterally with one nation. And, uh, you know, we've got some serious things coming up. And again, I want to go back to China and the alignment of our Latin American countries getting in bed with China, you know, partnering up with them, uh, uh, you know, France doing that. And those are things that I think we need to look retrospectively at us and say, how do we get out of this? What have we done to alienate all these other countries? And uh, to empower China, the the, the strongest authoritarian uh, government in the world.
1: You know, you're talking about um, justice and rule of law, and yet and media, um, the assault on the Supreme Court justices, right? By stories that are flatly untrue. Most of which has been done, curiously, by ProPublica, which I don't read. I've got the app. But ProPublica, and I think this is an orchestrated marriage between the Democrats and the media, asserting that Justice Alito violated disclosure rules. They've gone after Clarence Thomas for this. Uh, But when you investigate it, um, the personal hospitality aspect of it, his life is not reportable. I mean, but they don't the, the media doesn't seem to care. They don't no. want to make that um, and you've been you've suffered through this. You've suffered through distortions of you by oh, the yeah. uh, repeatedly, you know. <clears throat> move yeah, on. I, I org, yeah, move on org, I think, led by Harvey Ward was one of the one of the outfits that chased you around, I think, when you were here and they used the uh, gun range issue to try to um, make you out to be uh, some kind of right wing nut.
0: They did that and they did the anti or the lynching law that I voted against. I mean, I was the biggest racist out there. And then, uh, you know, the things you read about the debt ceiling a couple of weeks ago and how, how they attacked me on that. You know, if they would have listened and done something different, my whole thing was we have to change the direction we're at. You know, again, we're at thirteen point five trillion dollars by went to Congress, and now we're at pushing thirty four, thirty five trillion. Um, you know, at some point, you're going to have to deal with these things, and that's where Congress should be focused on this. And it's not a partisan issue. This is something that all members of Congress, Republicans or Democrats, Independents, I don't care what your political affiliation is. It's time to. Let's do what's best for America, not what's best for a political party. And that's what's lacking. And that's, I don't see a candidate out there uniting America about fixing the underlying problems in this great nation.
1: Well, you know what kind of irks me too is meanwhile, something like ProPublica going after uh, justices, yet, shift. Is there anything going to deal? Anything going to come with this resolution to censor him? Um, you know the Western Journal's got an article about it
0: well they had that vote I mean that, that's probably the biggest slap in the face you can do to a member of Congress I, I barely got out of that with that AOC thing had I not uh, done my one minute semi-apology and I didn't apologize to her because I never said that to her Uh, But I apologize to the the body Congress because of the added uh, stress I put on the body. Uh, I was going to get censored. And had that happened, they would have taken everything I had ever done or said or any laws I had passed that would have been taken out of the congressional record. So they erase your existence there. Whether they'll do that with um, Schiff, I don't know. You know, the Democrats would have done it with me. Will McCarthy do that? to shift, I don't know. I doubt it. I don't think he would. Um, it's time to play hardball. I mean, it's time to, you know, you need to start bringing some semblance back. You saw what they did on the House floor, how the Democrats were protesting the vote against Schiff. Kevin McCarthy should have had those people escorted off the floor, had the, the Capitol Hill police and the Sergeant of Arms, anybody that was breaking the decorum in the House, they should have taken them off the floor immediately, but they don't do that. And so you create, you, you, I don't want to say you report bad behavior, but you allow it to go on. And, um, you know, until you get people up there that says we're not playing anymore, when they put action behind their words, things will, will change. But until then things aren't going to change.
1: Well, shift is the, uh, you know, card carrying liar It's provable. Everybody knows it. <clears throat>
0: It is. And I mean, it should have been a a contentious issue on the Republican side. I can understand some of the people like Massey and uh, somebody else. I forget who it was. They didn't feel like they should be able to fine him uh, half the cost of that um, because it's not constitutional. Um, You know, that would be in a civil court where they would go after that. Um, But I think the important thing, they finally did get him censured. What they do now really you're going to see what the merits of what they did how they pan out were they really serious about censoring him because you know he's going to run for Feinstein's uh, seat in the Senate in California and uh, you know I'm sure being censured doesn't bother him it probably increases his ratings
1: in California I don't know that's interesting if they erase your record that's what um, needs really and Jerry Nadler is yeah. just as bad. Nadler is just as bad, maybe worse. I don't know. The two of them are really <laughs> a trip along with Pelosi, huh? Wow. N-
0: Nadler, he's just incompetent. I, 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 You know, they, the Democrats try to get him removed from the Judiciary Committee as the chairman. They just said he's not competent. And if you listen to his, his hearings, he just he didn't have control of those hearings. And uh but you know, they stay locked up behind their members, and uh, Pelosi was great at that. Joaquin Jeffer is going to be worse, and the scary thing there is he had he has youth on his side compared to Hoyer and uh, Pelosi
1: Well, you know when listening to you and compare I'm, I'm comparing Pelosi to McCarthy, Pelosi ran that thing with an iron fist. McCarthy doesn't seem to be able to do that.
0: No, because he's a paper tiger. you know I'm going to stick to these things and then you pass that bill with more Democrats and Republicans, he's lost all credibility with his members and why they haven't called for a motion to vacate. And I think what you would see is I think you would see that de- the Democrats come to his defense. It's like, why wouldn't they, they got pretty much what they wanted out of that, um, uh, the budget, vote, uh, the debt ceiling. vote.
1: And you know, the, um, Congress, meanwhile, they don't want to do anything with, um, uh this character, but they want to try to impose a uh, code of conduct on the Supreme Court justices, which I don't think they can do, can they?
0: I think they have to look internally and look at their own code of conduct in there before they start worrying about somebody else. Can they do it? Um, they can impeach them. They can hold money back, but that's about all they can do. They can't tell them uh, as far as I know you know, ask the legal scholar they can have a code of conduct that they have to go by. You know, I wouldn't think they could because it's like the House sets the code of conduct for Congress as the Senate does for their their body. And um, that's one of the uh, benefits of separations of power.
1: Well, I know that the Democrats don't like that separation of power. They'd like they to sure all be, don't. They like to all be one bailiwick. Um,
0: they really do. They want a well, big brush
1: with Ted Yoho over here. We've got a couple minutes left. He's en route back home from the mountains. Back home to Wielaka. Passed through Atlanta. Saw the people living underneath the... Uh, the uh,
0: homelessness.
1: The homelessness there. Um, nothing changed. It's getting worse, really. Um, I guess we can uh, we can wrap it up with a few comments about Obama. Um, this guy <laughs> has come out... I thought of the- you
0: wanted to end up on a high note.
1: <laughs> yeah on a high note, um, this guy has come out and thrown uh, his two cents in, and you know, somebody pointed out he's not really, and you know Trump recovered this, but he was he lived in Hawaii, he lived in Africa. He was a Chicago street organizer, you know citizen
0: so of Indonesia.
1: They never bring up that he sat at the knee of the minister who said GD America. I think that man even married him and uh, his wife. And yet he's out here um, commenting on the Republican Party's lack of validation of America's racial past. I, you know, it really irks me. It really does. I mean, uh, and so he's, and I think the reason he's doing it is because of um, concern about Kamala. You know, Kamala checked all the boxes, did she not? Except competence to become the vice president. And, uh, you know, you've got a whole, probably true. Yeah, whole lot of problems there that I think even the Democrats are concerned about. That's one of my theories on why Obama's come out. But well,
0: and I don't know why he's. Oh, I do know why he's doing that, because plays into the fundamental transformation of America. to white, racist patriarch that's controlled um, this country from the founding and suppressed every, every minority in history, yet he was able to become the leader of the most powerful nation on the planet, you know, despite that. And so our country's about opportunity, but he does want to say that because that requires work, ethics, and, and do the things that you're supposed to live within the rule of law. And he doesn't want to do that. And I don't know if you saw him weigh in on the Titanic uh, submersible, that tragic accident. Oh, yeah. Okay. And he says, he said, look at how much time has been spent watching that. And there was that boat of immigrants that sunk uh, that had 700 people on it. And they only got a couple hundred. Well, where was he when that was going on? Was he out there saying, oh, look at this tragedy? But no, he uses the the narrative to drive a point home. But he wasn't concerned about those. Refugees, I'd never heard a word about it until uh, the Titanic uh,
1: tragedy. Well, if he wants to be concerned about immigrants, come down to the border, which he's never said a word about.
0: Come to South Florida and, and watch the Haitians and the Cubans come across, you know. And that, there again, this goes back to triaging the problems with America. And, uh, you know, when you read that the Russians are coming over our southwest border, Chinese nationals of high concern. Earn spice, things like that. Um, we're not—we've got our ball, our eye off the, the the important ball to watch. Well,
1: we're about out of time, Ted. Thanks for hanging here with us on your travel. Looks like you had a good ride there, and I enjoyed talking as always. Hope, yes, sir. Uh, uh, hope to see you soon. Same here, buddy. And uh, take care and get ready for Alrighty. the hot weather. We'll be home. All right. Thank Y'all you for care. production for making a good, smooth uh, deal here. And yeah, be talking thanks
0: you. for your accommodation.
1: Warthog Command Center out.